evening, it is 5 p.m. and you're tuned in to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM. Brought to you by CFRC's News Collective. Christina Laurie, Dinah Jansen, Chancellor Miracle, Lauren Tucker, Jesse Bell, and Laura Franklin. Today in YGK is also brought to you through the support of the local journalism initiative, Queen's University, and What a Lie Wear at 732 Princess Street. I'm Christina Laurie and here are your local news headlines. KHSC to reduce weekend hours at its urgent care center. Starting Saturday, August 26th, Kingston Health Sciences Center's urgent care center, located at its Hotel Deer Hospital site, will be reducing its hours of operation on weekends. Facing a shortage of emergency medicine physicians, the decision to reduce weekend hours at the UCC was made in order to ensure adequate physician staffing at the emergency department, located at the Kingston General Hospital site. Moving forward, the UCC will operate Saturdays and Sundays from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Weekday operating hours will continue to be 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday to Friday. As a reminder, the UCC caps the daily number of patients that can be seen, which means it may also close registration earlier than the posted closing time. The cap is determined daily based on the number of patients, physician and nurse staffing levels, wait times, and the complexity of patients receiving care. In a statement from Dr. David Messenger, head of the Department of Emergency Medicine, despite our recruitment efforts, we continue to be significantly short-staffed and our doctors and nurses are stretched thin. We need to take this action to preserve access to safe, timely, and high-quality emergency care for patients with serious illnesses and injuries. As staffing challenges became a significant concern last summer, the UCC first began capping the number of patients that could be seen each day to enable healthcare teams to spend the appropriate amount of time with each patient and to provide safe and effective care. However, over the last six months, emergency physician staffing in particular has decreased further, resulting in the reduction of weekend hours at the UCC. This is due to an inability to fill all the shifts required to maintain current operating hours at the UCC, while also filling all shifts necessary to provide care for the high volume of patients at the emergency department, which serves as Southeastern Ontario's major referral center for trauma, stroke, cardiology, subspecialized surgery, and mental health and addiction care. The emergency department at the KGH site will remain open and available 24-7 to provide care for patients with serious illnesses and injuries. The UCC, meanwhile, continues to be available seven days per week to serve patients with urgent health concerns. Dr. Messenger explains, we want to remind the community that the UCC serves patients that have new medical conditions and injuries that can't wait to be treated in another setting, such as a primary care or family doctor's clinic, walk-in or virtual care clinic, or a community pharmacy. Examples of urgent conditions include cuts needing stitches, wounds or burns, sprains, or suspected minor broken bones, and symptoms of infection such as pain, fever, vomiting, rash, in otherwise healthy people. The UCC is not an appropriate place to seek care for chronic and ongoing health issues or mental health concerns, end quote. For critical or life-threatening conditions that need immediate attention, patients should not hesitate to go to the nearest emergency department or call 911. You can visit rightplacecare.ca to learn more about the alternate care options available in our communities. In an update from South Frontenac, Sydenham Point Park Beach is still closed for swimming. Sydenham Point Park Beach is still closed for swimming due to unacceptable levels of E. coli in the water. The water is being tested regularly by KFLNA Public Health, and signs are posted at the beach. Residents are advised to not swim or enter the water until KFLNA Public Health confirms the beach is safe for swimming again. Throughout the summer, KFLNA Public Health monitors the water quality at all municipally owned or operated public beaches within the Kingston, Frontenac, Lenox, and Addington region. Monitoring is done weekly from early June until the end of August. At southfrontenac.net, you can find a list of other beaches and parks in South Frontenac that are safe for swimming. 
This Friday, the Kingston Frontenac Public Library Central Branch will be hosting an exhibit, Capturing Resilience, which aims to chronicle the community's pandemic experiences. In a world reshaped by the challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic, KFPL is hosting a compelling photo voice exhibit that casts a spotlight on the stories of hope, resilience, and community that have emerged throughout this time. Families Building Healthy Communities, Resilience During Hard Times is curated by Queen's University Innovations for Community Resilience, Equity and Advocacy. It explores how community members found solace and connection despite isolation and social challenges. The exhibit will be on display in the Central Branch Gather Space this Friday on August 25th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Registration is not required to attend. For more information, you can visit calendar.kfpl.ca. Here's your arts and culture news for today. The Limestone City Blues Festival is fast approaching to downtown Kingston from August 24th to 27th. This year's lineup includes Jeremy Albino, Roosevelt Collier, Durham County Poets, Jerry Ledger and the Situation, Bywater Call, Rob Lutz, and Melanfont and Medford. The festival is in its 26th year and includes two main stage events in Springer Market Square, as well as shows in Confederation Park and in clubs across downtown Kingston. This year will also include a food vendor and licensed area. Wristbands for the festival start at $25 and are available now at downtownkingston.ca. The Union Gallery has an open call for Queen's University student artists through to October 16th for presentation in the Union Gallery main space in the winter of 2024. If you're a Queen's student with an arts piece you'd like to submit for consideration for display at the Union Gallery, you can get in touch with them at ugallery.director at queensu.ca with a statement of interest and examples of your creative works. For more information about the call and how to submit, visit uniongallery.queensu.ca. Also at the Union Gallery, two new exhibitions will be premiering on August 29th and running until November 25th. In the main space, you'll be able to visit At the Buffet by Maddie Lachek and Raquel Rowe. This duo places an emphasis on collaborating on food, fun, and experimentation. With a shared interest of food as a medium within performance art, the two experiment frequently with taste, touch, and texture. This all-you-can-eat exhibition highlights key moments in their collaborative journey thus far and focuses on the materiality of food by emphasizing color and form. And in the project room, Wane Kina, Should I Tell or Not, is curated by Mevish Rather and will feature work from Kashmiri artists exploring alternative and experimental forms of filmmaking that use low-resolution technology that promotes sustainability. For more information on these upcoming exhibitions, visit uniongallery.queensu.ca. The Bell Park Project released news of their latest project, Unearth, on Wednesday, August 16th. This new exhibition will be a walk in the park with a twist, a week-long series of artistic installations, conversations, and experiments that seek to reveal and reimagine some of the stories of Bell Park, and it will be running from August 26th to 30th. Artists will activate spaces in the park on various days through music, geocaching activities, and temporary art installations. An exhibition at the Art and Media Lab in the Isabel Bader Center will be running concurrently with this work, and together the art in the gallery and in the park seeks to suggest ways of engaging with a rich space in an uncertain future. For more about this event and the team at the Bell Park Project, visit bellparkproject.com. The Kingston School of Art has announced their lineup of fall adult classes ranging across mediums and skill levels. Starting in September, the school will be presenting classes such as Inspired by the Masters, a multimedia class following the teachings of Emily Carr, Norvell Morisot, Keith Herring, Maud Lewis, and Sybil Andrews. Available as well as figure drawings, all sorts of drawing, creative sketchbook club, realistic and expressive portraits in charcoal, and portrait painting with a limited palette. 
For more information on the Kingston School of Art and to sign up now, visit ksoa.info. And on Thursday, August 24th, Daft Brewing will be hosting Draw by Night Cosmic Carnival, Kingston's only drawing party from 7 to 10 p.m. Draw by Night is a social drawing event where artists, illustrators, designers, and art enthusiasts get together for a fun night of drawing and drinks. Starting with the prompt of a carnival in space, get prepared to create. Materials are provided and all skill levels are welcome. Doors are at 6.45 p.m. and tickets are $17.50 and include a drink. Spots are limited, so visit drawbynightkingston.com for tickets and more information if you are interested. And all throughout August at Kingston's Independent Cinema The Screening Room, you can catch the classic cinema lineup, showing favorite features like what Hot American Summer, The Lion King, The Searchers, Heat, Thelma and Louise, Some Like It Hot, and 1979's The Muppet Movie. Plus, you can visit on certain days for $7 family matinees. For more special events, show times, and tickets at the screening room, you can visit screeningroomkingston.com. That's all I've got for you on Arts Desk for today. Now I'll turn it over to Jesse Bell with sports. Tradition. Events and rituals that unite generations. Some traditions fade away, and others endure and stand the test of time. The familiar strains of the oil thigh ring throughout Richardson Stadium. But of the many traditions in the city of Kingston and Queen's University, one reigns supreme. The tradition of Queen's Gales football on CFRC 101.9 FM. For 100 years, CFRC has been through it all. Historic victories. The Queen's Golden Gales are Yates Cup champions. Heartbreaking defeats. Queens falls to the Mustangs, 44 to 16. And unbelievable moments that will last a lifetime. Harry takes the handoff, he breaks left, makes a man miss, he's still on his feet, he's going, he's going! Down the 30, the 20, the 10, no one will catch him, touchdown Queens! Queen's tradition of excellence on the field and in the broadcast booth continues. Get ready for rock solid football. Get ready for the Queen's Gales on CFRC 101.9 FM. This is CFRC's Community Update on Today in YGK. It is Angwanada Resource Center's 75th anniversary, and I will pass it over to Christina Laurie for the coverage. 
Anconada Resource Center is now celebrating 75 years in Kingston. Since the organization was established in 1948, they have been offering a range of services and support to people with developmental disabilities and their families in Eastern Ontario, including group living, mental and physical health services, and community programming. I sat down with CEO of Anconada, Alistair Lamb, to talk a bit about the history of the organization, how far we've come in the 75 years since its inception, and their kickoff picnic, which took place on August 16th. I mean, 75 years, that's such an exciting milestone. I was wondering what that means for you. What it means for me uh, is, is the, the, the fact that uh, the way society, um, uh, if you like, uh, looks upon people with developmental disabilities has certainly changed over that 75 years. Mm -hmm. uh, in the past, back until the, I guess, the late 80s, early 90s, uh, people with uh, developmental disabilities were institutionalized. Uh, in large, uh, almost hospital-like settings. Um, and then back in, the, as I say, the late 80s, early 90s, it moved to more community integration. So people would live in uh, residences or homes, much like family homes, uh, interspersed uh, throughout, the, uh, throughout the community. So that shift in, if you like, the attitude, if you like, uh, towards people with developmental disabilities has been a, a significant improvement uh, because people with uh, with uh, such disabilities have every bit as much uh, right to make choices or participate in community as anybody else can. They just need a wee bit of support to do so, uh, but that they should be afforded the same rights and privileges as anybody else. I believe yesterday you had your kickoff with your uh, picnic with your volunteer staff, etc. How was that? It was phenomenal. Uh, it, it was a wonderful day. Uh, fortunately, the weather complied. Uh, we had somewhere in the neighborhood of 300 plus uh, people who we support, uh, staff, volunteers, retirees, board members, and a couple of dignitaries uh, that, uh, that stopped along the way. Uh, they had a picnic, uh, which comprised of you know, burgers, sausages, etc., uh, more a barbecue style. Um, some games, music, uh, live music. Uh, it really was, and to see the smile on, on the faces of uh, of the people that we support who participated yesterday, the majority of our folks did. Uh, but to see the smile on their faces and the opportunity to get together, particularly after the last three years, uh, where such events really haven't been able to uh, have occurred uh, really was quite heartwarming. Once again, that was Alistair Lamb, CEO of Anguanada Resource Center, on entering their 75th anniversary year. Be sure to keep up with Anguanada Resource Center on their social media channels so you don't miss any of their 75th anniversary resources and events. Thank you very much. This has been your community update. And now over to Christina Laurie with the campus news. This is Christina Laurie coming in with your campus news for this week. Queen's students have a few deadlines coming up for the end of August. To start us off, tomorrow on August 22nd, open enrollment period begins. This is the time period to add and drop classes. On the 31st, the summer term comes to an end and gives way to the fall term starting on September 1st. That's all for your campus news today, and next up is Laura Franklin with weather and traffic.
today on the weekly traffic report for Kingston. You're being joined by Laura Franklin, who is filling in for Dinah Jensen today as she is off on vacation. For our weekly traffic report for August 18th to August 24th, we have some significant and definitely necessary closures. So the LaSalle Causeway, the Public Service and Procurement of Canada, wishes to advise motorists of an alternating lane closure on the LaSalle Causeway for repair work during the following periods. It will be closed for alternating lanes during August 22nd from 9.30 a.m. to 3 p.m., Wednesday, August 23rd from 9.30 a.m. to 3 p.m., and Thursday, August 24th from 9.30 a.m. till 3 p.m. During these periods, one lane will be closed and one lane will remain open for alternating traffic. Two flag persons will be on site to direct traffic at this time. Motorists should expect a short delay. The road closures that are going to be continuing or new during this time period are Curtis Crescent North Leg at Portsmouth will be closed on August 9th to September 9th from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. each day for storm sewer restoration work. Johnson Street Bagot to Wellington will be closed August 19th at 7 a.m. to August 20th at 4 p.m. for the Greek Orthodox Church Greek Community Festival. Lower Brewers Swing Bridge will be closed until further notice. Parks Canada is continuing its efforts to replace the bridge over the winter. So that will remain closed for the season, it seems like. Notch Hill Road, Queen Mary to Runnymede closed until August 25th at 5.30 p.m. for the Utilities Kingston's NET project. Queen Mary Road, Bath to Notch Hill closed August 25th at 5.30 p.m. for the Utilities Kingston's net project. Queen Street, Sydenham to Montreal will be closed until August 22nd at 7 p.m. for an installation of services at 223 Princess Street. University Avenue, Union to Earl, closed until December 22nd for the removal of debris from demolition and concrete deliveries at the Queen's John Deutsch University Centre project. And then lastly, we have Wright Crescent, south intersection of Palace to 16 Palace will be closed until October 31st, 2023 for construction staging for the 11 Wright Crescent. Please note that access to Wright Crescent will be through the north intersection of Wright Crescent at Palace Road for this time. Next, we'll be looking at the parking disruptions that are going to be happening during this time period. The Chown Memorial Parking Structure Restoration Project is now underway. The work will take place throughout all levels of the building and will include efforts such as routine structural maintenance, renewal of waterproofing materials, and upgrades to the building's mechanical and electrical systems. The work is expected to conclude in late December. The work will be completed in phases to allow the building to remain open to public parking for the duration of the project. Phased work area will occupy maximum of 40% of the available parking stalls at any given time. Up to 180 spaces will be out of commission. There's parking availability at the Henson Memorial and Robert Bruce Memorial parking garages in two adjacent blocks to the east. And then the last remaining parking disruption that we will have during this time is at Center 70, the public EV charging stations will be unavailable until October 2023 due to seasonal relocation of the sleeping cabins to this site. We apologize for the temporary inconvenience. Bath Road at Queen Mary, expecting delays until August 25th for the utility Kingston's Nets project. We also have Bay Ridge Drive, Woodbine to Cataraque Woods, expecting delays until November 30th for Phase 1 of the Bay Ridge Drive Cycling and Pedestrian Improvements Project. Duff Street, Patrick to End of Duff, expected a lane closure until October 15th to facilitate the replacement of a water main on Duff Street. Highway 15, Main to Highway 2, expects delays until August 25th for water main upgrades to Highway 15. 
Highway 33, east of Collins Creek Bridge to the west of Coronation Boulevard, is expecting delays due to construction to improve drainage. Construction barrels and flag people will direct traffic during this work time. Princess Street, Collin Bays to Bay Ridge, expecting delays until October 31st for the construction of new sidewalks and traffic signals along Princess Street. Please note that one lane of traffic will be maintained in each direction at all times on Princess Street during this construction. Portsmouth Avenue, Johnson to Curtis is expecting delays from August 9th until September 9th with the installation of new storm sewer services. Taylor Kidd Boulevard, Collins Bay to 100 meters west of Collins Creek Bridge. Expect lane closures from May 3rd to November 15th for the Collins Creek Bridge Rehabilitation Project. Please note Taylor Kidd will require the reduction from two lanes to a single lane roadway and the lane closures will be controlled by temporary traffic signals for the duration of the project. And finally, the last closure or delay we have is on Westbrook Road, Princess to Winnemeyer. Expect delays until October 31st for the construction of new sidewalks and road rehabilitation. We have very few delays on sidewalks or pathways. We only have one. We have uh, some delays on Rideau Trail, Queen Mary to Parkway, closed for crews to replace the sanitary main, installing shoring and building new gravel pathways. Good evening, this is Jesse Bell from CFRC, and here is your weather report for Wednesday, August 23rd, 2023. Today we are sitting pretty in the limestone city as that recent run of fall weather has been at least temporarily postponed. Today we are sitting at 24 degrees, but the humidity will make it feel closer to 28. Beautiful, brilliant sunshine all day. Moving into the rest of the week. Thursday is calling for rain, about a 55% chance of precipitation here in the city of Kingston with temperatures feeling closer to 20 degrees. Moving into the weekend, we will see temperatures around the low 20 degree mark. Looking like it'll be a perfect weekend to come down to Richardson Memorial Stadium and take in a Queens Gales football game. Kickoff for the game this weekend against Wilfrid Laurier is 3 p.m. And hey, if you can't make it out to the game, tune in to CFRC 101.9 FM at 2.45 to catch the pregame show. This concludes your weather report for Wednesday, August 23rd, 2023. This is Jesse Bell signing off. Thanks so much. Here are some events coming up for you in the Kingston area. At the Broom Factory on Wednesday, August 23rd, Metalcore Group Upon a Burning Body will be playing a 7 to 10 p.m. show with 6.30 doors supported by As the Structure Falls. Tickets to this all-ages show are $25 and available at broomfactory.ca. And also at the Broom Factory, Backseat Dragon will be playing a 7.30 to 10 p.m. show on August 24th with 7 p.m. doors with supporting acts Sorry Snowman and the Astros. Tickets are $13 and you can visit broomfactory.ca to bag them now. Head down to Market Square this coming Thursday evening, August 24th, for a screening of the musical movie Grease 2. Bring your blankets, chairs, and bug spray for a movie night under the stars. The movie starts at dusk and admission is free. You can visit downtownkingston.ca for the whole summer lineup of movies in the square. Also on Thursday, August 24th, the 5th Annual Night Market at the Memorial Center Farmer's Market will be running from 6 to 10 p.m. This enchanting evening promises a delightful blend of mouth-watering food, melodious music, and the joyous spirit of togetherness. A donation of at least $2 is required to enter, and from there you can enjoy the best of local music, food, shopping, and more. For more on this event, visit memorialcenterfarmersmarket.ca.
The Marine Museum of the Great Lakes will be hosting their first night at the museum shipwrecked event. Upon arrival, ticket holders will be welcome to interact with the museum staff to solve the mystery of the SS Comet. In addition to the museum's mystery activity, there will be other activities happening around, including live music, deck games, socializing, and a special exhibit. This event is for ages 18 and up, and tickets are $20 and include admission and a food and drink ticket. For more information, visit marmuseum.ca slash education slash museum hyphen events. Also, this and every Saturday at Breakwater Park at 9 a.m. is Park Run, a free timed 5-kilometer run. Participants are asked to register ahead of time at parkrun.ca slash breakwater and bring along their scannable barcode in order to receive their time at the end of the run. Visit their website for more information if you're looking to start the weekend moving. And don't forget every Sunday that you can stop by Market Square for the Cataraqway Indigenous Art and Food Market, featuring a variety of vendors, each with their own unique touch. For handcrafted items, visual art, clothing, jewelry, home decor, and traditional Indigenous dishes from Cadu's First Foods, you can stop by Sundays from 10 to 3 p.m. through to September 24th. Thanks so much. Now I'll throw it over to Chance for your CFRC invitation. Thank you for tuning in to CFRC's local news programming. To revisit episodes of Today in YGK and hear more from some of our guests, be sure to head to our podcast network at podcast.cfrc.ca. Today in YGK is brought to you by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada, the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, and What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street. Be sure to stay tuned for more CFRC programming coming up next. What'll I Wear offers the best in vintage, funky, one-of-a-kind treasures, clothing, accessories, and a fabulous selection of jewels, vintage and new. Find the cutest purse, the most dashing of hats and sunglasses, everything to complete your individual look. What'll I Wear has it all. They can dress you from top to bottom. Find your new fashion fave at What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street in Kingston. Visit their new location and follow them on Facebook to keep up to date with what's in store at What'll I Wear. Dear listeners, as you may have heard, Meta, which owns Instagram and Facebook, is blocking Canadian access to all content created by news providers, including this radio station, in response to the Online Broadcasting Act. Access to local news and information matters to everyone, and while radio stations use their airwaves to keep you informed, we also use social media to share local news, events, and initiatives, and even content about our upcoming programming. We need you to write your MP and convey your concerns. Learn more and find a letter template for your MP on our website, cfrc.ca. Thank you for your support. 